Hello, it's Deidre Shen here from Cap Show, and I am joined once again by my, I feel like saying better half, but you're not actually in that way. You are my better half, but like oh, not in the I thought you were going to say you're not actually better. Way. <laughs> you're not actually better. I was like, wow, that's a bit of a cruel way to introduce a guest. <laughs> and now my not so better half. My not so better my, my co-founder. <laughs> My worst half, there you go. Bon Oh, it's a pleasure to be here after that introduction. <laughs> okay, all right. So in the last episode, we actually, it was a bit of a, a hybrid live. We did a Facebook live mm. from PodFest, which that was, was super exciting. And then we was like, oh, we're running out of time. We should probably cut this short. So this episode. Very unlike us. No, of course, is part two to that to the recap of Capshobians Live, which was our first ever two-day live event. Mm. Crazy because we're now a week removed from the event. I feel like it feels surreal. It feels like it didn't even happen. I was going to say, I was hoping it would have sunk in and I'm like, oh, you have all these realizations, but now it just feels like it was made up in my mind. Yeah. (laughs) And you're talking, we're talking about it and it's just like, this is all made up stuff. The only thing I think reminds us is that there were other people there and they remind us that it did happen. It did, yes, yep. yes. And I guess because in the meantime as well, I mean, we've been back for just over a week now and we also got a puppy. So Ash and I got a brand new puppy, yes. which has been taking up a lot of our time. He's a mini Aussie we called Vegemite. Vegemite. Of course. So that's, I I feel like it's kind of like we, we came back from a really busy, like, insane period of time to come to another busy insane period yeah of time. i think you guys really pulled it off perfectly the timing you thought now's the perfect time to introduce a new puppy yes into the household that also has a cat yeah yeah, yeah. and you've never done that before no nope. it was prime time yep it's great it's great all right so let's get let's we love get, you puffington <laughs> let's get back to the captioning side two-day event all right so we basically finished the last recap with the bottom two tiers of the traffic pyramid. Mm-hmm. Now, then we started with the next couple of speakers going into the third tier of the traffic pyramid, which is all about leveraging other people's audiences. Yes. So let's have a chat about that. We started with Jenny Wright. Now, Jenny is an amazing marketing strategist. And I actually met her through Katie, actually Katie Brinkley. And she, because Jenny helped Katie with her virtual summit that I was also a part of. Mm. And so I think from there, it was just like, we just connected and it really hit it off. And I've always been blown away by how, as I said, just how strategically Jenny thinks about all the moving parts of generating leads for business. And Mm. so I was really, really, it was really cool to have her speak at Capshovians Live that that's the puppy. (laughs) It's not me in case people are thinking, gosh, Bonner's really on to... If you can hear the squeaking noises in the background, yeah, that's that's a puppy playing. Um, <laughs> all right, so Jenny spoke about virtual summits at Captionians Live. Tell us what is something like. And by the way, virtual the reason why I wanted Jenny to talk about virtual summits is because this is if anyone's followed our journey long enough, you would know that we have now done two annual Grow My Podcast summits, mm-hmm. and even before that, with the coaching business, we also did do virtual summits there. So virtual summits has for a while, for a few years now, been part of our lead gen and actually partnership strategy. Mm. Uh, it's been a really key way that we've, like I've I've definitely created really, really great partnerships from and continue to deepen them through running these virtual summits, but also it's been a really, really great lead gen yeah. engine for us. So 
that's what Jenny spoke about. But please, any nuggets from, from her? Yeah, there were so many. And Jenny walked through her entire system actually in the presentation. So the entire thing was just even having done it with, you know, with Capture for a few years, like you said, learned so much from that. The one thing that she said that really stuck out to me around the lead gen side was she said bad leads are worse than having no leads. Mm. And then I thought, oh my goodness, yes. So, so true. yeah, because sometimes I think with lead gen, we can come from a mindset of scarcity and we just want everyone, whether it's yeah. a virtual summit or whether it's, you know, whatever lead magnet you have, you want as like quantity is what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But really she spoke about the importance, especially when you're coming up with a, vir- a virtual summit to really be super, super, super niche down so that you attract maybe less, but very high quality leads mm-hmm. um, because it's really going to come back to bite you, you know, even not even later, like immediately, because, you know, you won't get the show up rate, you won't get the stay rate, you won't get the conversion rate. And it's all going to be like, feel like a lot of work for not much. Um, So that was a really good reminder for me. Oh, for sure. I think that that is good because a lot of us think about leads of, because we get, we do, it is all about as many as possible, right? Because it's, everything's a numbers game. So it's like, okay, well, if we have like a lot in the top, top of our funnel, which is at the lead gen space, then as they go through the funnel, then the more that we have at the top, the more that we have at each of the other stages. But that is so true. And this is a good reminder even for us creating content, whether it's a podcast or YouTube video or, or whatever, is so many times, and I actually had this conversation, this quick conversation with someone at PodFest because, sorry, this is a bit of a detour. but um, This is great. Yeah, he was, he was kind of saying, he was telling me about his podcast and it's a pretty general podcast. Right. And he did make this good he made a good observation, which is that for him and in his space, like what he's trying to do, he feels a little bit like, you know, the celebrities and the the people with these big audiences are kind of like they're saturating his market. Right. And I was like, well, they're not really because there's a reason why there's, you know, they're already a celebrity and mm. not any shade on him, but he's not a celebrity not. right so it's <laughs> I like think that's fair right so it's like you're not gonna have that kind of you know and we talk about that big audience to start with which means that the only way that he can get cut through with his podcast is to niche down he mm. has to and because he wants to get sponsorships for his podcast and I was like right people will pay if you have the right audience that are and you know who they are because you talk very specifically to them brands will pay to sponsor that podcast mm. because they want direct access to that specific audience too. Yes. And I think when, I mean, I think a lot of us know that if we're listening to this, but when I had that conversation with him, I felt like that was a bit of a light bulb moment for him because a lot of us, what we know as content creators sometimes, or, you know, definitely if we're not the starting from the entrepreneurship space is that we think that we can just be this generic, like, let's just have fun and suddenly we'll grow an audience and, yay like we'll make money and audience will be monetized yeah. exactly yeah and that's just not how the real life works unfortunately totally. yeah and jenny spoke about something similar as it relates to the email list because that's what you know ultimately legion is all about and for those of you who might have heard of virtual summits or you know part like been part of it or you know went went and consumed some she said actually what, what was uh, what i didn't realize was that you can actually start with a list of zero because it's mm-hmm. such a great partnership like you spoke about the partnership potential here is really high as the person who's organizing hosting it even if you have a small or even no list you know you can actually 
because you're bringing the virtual summit itself to the table, it can be a really quick way to build build your email list as well, which I thought was really cool. And she's done it multiple times with yeah. that situation. So super awesome. Those who are listening that think it's not for you, it actually could be the best way to to jumpstart all of that. Yeah, it was so cool. And she did, yeah, as Bona said, she went through step by step her system. So I, we will drop the link to get access to the replays of Capshavians Live. I would highly encourage that. You go through that and definitely pay attention to Jenny's presentation oh, yeah. as well. It was really good. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then we had Josh Tabarb and mm. he has a really cool mind for these things. He spoke about, he calls it relationship marketing. And it's really about how to like directly leverage the people and connections that you know to find, not only to find your clients, but also just other potential referral partners and other partner yeah just partners in general like mm. it's really cool so please sh- share some nuggets from josh yeah so further down the quality not quantity path yeah i think josh is talking now like literally one-to-one one thing that he mentioned he talked a, an, an awesome set of things but one thing that really stuck out to me which was about how you practically when it goes about you know the referral happens or you know you have a really good conversation maybe it's over i don't know golf do people still golf these days but <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's at dinner, you know, you, you have this conversation and you kind of go, oh, there's someone that you should meet and you start to think about a referral opportunity or potentially even a three-way partnership opportunity. He was really, really precise about the practicality of that to say if you, whether you're the referring party or the person the party is being referred to, beyond etiquette, which is what everyone should be observing, right, mm-hmm. and politeness and, and being on top of your stuff, he said you have to do it. If you are the person being referred to, do absolutely everything you can to make that tee up the easiest thing for the person who's mm. referring. I yeah. think so many of us skip that step again, not because we don't observe etiquette, but because we think, well, surely this person knows me. They know what I do. Surely people know what Capture does, right? Yes. You know, but it's actually going that extra step to say, well, he might know, or Josh might know what Capture does, but for the person who's referring me to, how do I tweak this to make sure that it makes complete sense to that potential partner? Yes. And and similarly on the side that if you are saying, hey, you're, you're being the generous person saying, actually, you know, I can refer you, I can to this person. And obviously there's, you know, something in it for you as well. Again, don't be that person that hosts the call and everyone's like, hang on, what's going on here? What's, what, what is this about? You know, and then that really kind of starts things off on the wrong foot. Again, do everything you can possibly to make sure that that partnership is teed off really, really well. So, I know it seems like common sense, but I feel like those are steps that a lot of us forget to take sometimes. We kind of take it for granted for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I know he offered the audience at the time kind of like a, a script as well that makes it super easy to do that. So he was very generous with that. But I think a lot of people wrote that one down Yeah, because they're like, okay, don't forget to do this because that's like the final step and you stuff it up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so good. Oh. Okay. Again. Get the replays. <laughs> like we're, we're just doing it literally. We don't have enough time to go through and replay every single person's presentation on this podcast. So you've got just get the replays. You will not regret it. Okay. And then, so that was still day one. Can you believe it? Oh my God. I'm, I'm kind of exhausted round two. Yeah. We, we were shells of a human that night, yeah. I think. Because, but it didn't even end. No, we that just was like... We did some really cool, fun things actually to end day one. One was we did a charity auction for D3 Day. Uh, So if you want to check that out, Dave Clark was actually our opening speaker. I think we mentioned him at the live. He played in the 70s and 80s, not in the 50s and 60s. We know that he played pro pro baseball, I should say. And what was I going to say? And yeah, so he now, because he went through, you know, the struggles of the challenges, I should say, struggles and challenges of, you know, trying 
playing sports at a high level while not having really the use of his legs, mm. which is like insane. <laughs> it's actually yep. insane. And so now he and his business partners actually do camps, sporting camps for kids with disabilities, kids and young adults with disabilities, which is super cool. So we actually did a charity auction and a whole charity drive, raised money for them, which was so much fun. I actually, I was so surprised. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to put this up, but I don't know. But we auctioned off one of my sloth, Monty sloth drawings. Drawings and paintings, paintings yeah. And it actually sold. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just expected there to be silence in the room when it was. Uh, <laughs> oh, you have to bid for your own painting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, oh God, this is going to be so embarrassing. Yeah. But that was difficult. Yeah. And then. Even though we were literally on our absolute last legs, like you and I personally, yeah, we did do a little bit of dance into Cap Show Next Gen. Yes, we. Yeah, it was a literal. It was bit of a dance. Yeah, yeah. I, that feels like a blur, but I think there's video to prove it. Yes, I can't believe we did that. That was I know. that was ridiculous. I yes. know, but we did cap off day one with talking a little bit about what's coming with Cap Show Next Gen. So again, if you want those insights, top secret stuff. Yep, get the replays. Okay, cool. <laughs> Including the dance. Never <laughs> <laughs> the dance, dancing yeah. again. <laughs> okay, all right. So, so that was that was day one, and then and then let's talk about day two. Mm. So day one was really all about the traffic pyramid. It was all about how do we organically get traffic into our world and grow our audiences. And then day two was all about how do we bridge that traffic into our offers. And, oh, my gosh, it was so amazing because Joe Polizzi, so he opened day two. If anyone doesn't know him, go look him up. Like literally you need to know about him. He currently runs the CEX, so Content Entrepreneur Expo, events. He also has started a publishing house called The Tilt Publishing. Super, super cool guy. He's sold, he's exited, I think, two, multiple businesses, at Mm. least two that I know of, but I think it's actually more like three or four. And so he spoke about like actually that, like having an exit plan Mm. for your business and also how important it is to own your audience. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. I mean, we have spoken about that in the past, which is Build your email list. It's the only (laughs) audience you own. But hey, as someone, so Joe is, he's a content entrepreneur, as in that's how he started his whole business is all around content. Even he's saying, hey, don't rely on these platforms, on these channels. You've got to, you've got to build your own audience, as in, i.e. your email list. Mm. So yeah, any nuggets that you got from you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like a lot. Yeah. This was honestly, I'm not allowed to say this probably, but my favorite presentation. I know we're not allowed to have favorites, but unofficial. Okay, anyone, any other speakers listening to this, just cover your ears to that. I did not sanction. (laughs) Not Deidre's favorite, not Capture's favorite. Bonner's unofficial. (laughs) Who even is Bonner? You know, favorite. The worst, the worst half. (laughs) Yeah. The the non-better half. Joe's like, I don't want to be associated with the worst half. I want to be associated with the better half. (laughs) Well, suck it, Joe. (laughs) Okay, let me get back this back on track. No, I was this one one that, you know, we were running around for all the presentations, but I actually sat down and listened to this one because I really didn't want to miss it. There were so many nuggets, but a couple stuck to mind for me. So like you said, you know, Joe really coined the term content entrepreneur. And I think this is so important for our audience because these how what differentiates content entrepreneurs from content creators are they are people that make the content to your point, you know, with the intention to make money from it. Mm-hmm. There's lots of different ways you can monetize it, but it's not just as a hobby. It's just not as well, let's just see how this goes. 
So he was really, really clear about when he talked about, you know, the exit strategy was like basically having the end, starting with the end in mind. And yours may not be to exit. Joe had shared his very specific, almost like manifestation that he had for his content business down to a number, like the seven figure yeah. number that he wanted to exit, or even eight figures wanted to exit for. But it may not be as precise as that. But I think what I took away from that was to say, you need to know exactly what the end goal of your content is, because then that's going to help you work backwards. Mm. And with that is actually going to help you what develop what he calls your content tilt. So not just like having a niche, that's important, not just knowing who you're talking to and what platforms you're on, but which specific perspective does your content take that you, that no one else can find anywhere. So it doesn't mean that you have to always come up with the most original thoughts. It may just be like you've curated, you know, different people's thoughts, but what is a specific tilt that you have? And also everyone's eyes just go, I have a content tilt. Oh no. You know, yeah. so again, it's a it's it's kind of a difficult thing to accept, but I think it's a very necessary thing, especially now. There's no shortage of content mm -hmm. being created out there, especially with AI. So that was a bit of a, a challenge, I think, for all us all of us to think about. And finally, the part that I was like, we need to do some homework on is Joe really differentiated the difference between a personal brand, mm -hmm. so the Deidre Shen brand, mm -hmm. and the content brand, so Cap Show. So that was interesting because Joe did that with Joe Polizzi and obviously The Tilt and mm -hmm. all the different businesses he had. And he brought that up in the context of like, how do you build a sustainable biz you know, business, and especially around content, without you having to be everywhere personally? Yeah. And I know that's something that's important to you as well. Yes. So. That's something that we need to kind of figure out. I don't yeah. really know the answer, but I was like, oh, better write that down. Man, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to buy the replays myself and I'm going to watch the thing. <laughs> yes. yes. I was like, same. They're <laughs> <laughs> not even joking. I think Ash said he wanted to buy them too. So all three of us will be getting them. There is, there is so much. Like, even as you say that, I'm like, no one can see us. We should probably... At at some point, we will go to video on this, but Please I'm kind of like me. staring at Bonner with like wide eyes. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like, who asked you? Exactly. <laughs> I had conveniently filed all of that away, I think, into the let's just not open this box. <laughs> and you just opened it. Great. Okay, cool. Well, moving on from that then. We had, no, he really set up. So Joe really set up day two with going. It, exactly what Bonner mentioned. And then we kind of went into specifics then from there on. So Kevin Schmidlin, Grow the Show, he really, I wanted him to talk about, because he does this so well, about how do we actually get that traffic into onto our email list and then how do we actually nurture that email list. And as I said, he does this really, really well. So hats <clears> off to him because every time I open his emails, I read them because they're really, he's got great subject lines, really engaging content on there. And it all comes down to like, he is quite authentic in, in all of his content, which is amazing. So he spoke about that essentially. How do you go from audience traffic to email list, mm. a list a, an audience that you own? Yes. Kevin's was great. I mean, a very close second. <laughs> oh, I'm joking. Okay, I'm yeah. joking. Now to rank everyone's exactly speakers, I'm not going to do. Like, everyone's like a really close second. Actually, you know what? Maybe this was the favorite, <laughs> the unofficial favorite. Right. No, no, Joe. Joe's is still the favorite. But what the reason I say that is because I think Kevin's presentation kind of followed Joe's so very well because mm -hmm. Joe really talked about the importance of email and owning your audience, regardless of where you're having the successes in your other <clears throat> with your other platforms. 
What I, like it's your point about Kevin, him being so authentic. What I really appreciated about his presentation was he talked a lot about all of the strategies and we know that he implements them mm-hmm. because we're both on his email list. Yeah. I'll be honest, sometimes I join an email list just because, you know, we just know to the person. Check it out. Yeah. But for Kevin, I do also read all of his emails. And there were so many people in the room that had come through his audience. Right. Kapshavian's live because they and I asked each of them and they said, oh, I read this particular email. He said this specific thing. And I was like, that's what I need. Yeah. So he is a master at that. And so, you know, obviously that comes from implementation and application. But what I really appreciated that he shared in his presentation, very rawly, is that Mm. a word? In a very real way. (laughs) You know, he talked about how as an entrepreneur himself, he's not always the best at staying consistent. There's been times where he's ghosted his list. And, you know, like whilst he talks about the importance of emailing them regularly, like, you know, sometimes when you're going through different stages of your Mm. business, you can drop off. So one thing that he he said, the story and nugget that he shared was like that happened to him very recently and how he was actually able to kind of get over himself and just kind of go is like, well, I've been promoting a lot to my list, including Capshavian's Live. Sorry about that. <laughs> but let me now just actually just give them value. It's a very easy way, if you found you're doing a lot of work to convert people over to your list or you already have a list maybe from a previous, you know, world, mm-hmm. all you have to do to really activate them because they're following you for a reason, is to just put together something that's just pure value. No ask, nothing associated with it. So he did, I think, the 12 days of podcast growth over the holidays. He sent that out. It re-engaged a ton of people. Someone was in the audience that said, actually, I'm a paying member and I got that free piece of value. And it just made me, you know, even more enrolled. Someone else approached me at PodFest to say, hey, I've done Kevin's 12 days thing. Can you introduce me to him? He's great. So I think don't underestimate how much, as long as you put pure value into it, and Kevin does that, how much that can mean to really kind of help you either get back on track or even monetize it. So I think that was really helpful for me personally as well, because it's like, hey, I know there are times that, you know, we might fall off. Mm -hmm. So just having that, I think, tip in your back pocket helps you get back on track faster as well. Yeah, so good. Okay, more homework for us. (laughs) No, no, no. Don't shoot all over yourself. Remember that. (laughs) Oh, gosh, yes. All right. Actually, that's a good reminder, actually, what Bonner said, because I was very, very clear at the beginning of of day one on Capturevian's Live to be like, we're all going to want to do all of this, Mm. every single thing that the speakers talk about, but we we cannot. Again, we're shooting all over ourselves, so we need to be very, very disciplined around what it is that for us specifically and the stage of business that we're at, the type of business that we have, the type of audience that we have, what are the one or two things that we're going to be focusing on? So that was actually a really good reminder. Yeah. All right, cool. So then we then we started heading into more like messaging and sales mm. because now you can – I hope you're following the theme here, you know, like this was a very, very deliberately choreographed event and, you know, we kind of went from, yep, we're organically creating content. This is how we get it discovered and out there. This is now how we – you know, supercharge that through leveraging other people's audiences. And now, hey, we have all this, this pool of people. What do we do with them? Hey, let's bring them into an email list. You know, what's something that we own? And now let's talk about messaging and actually starting to convert them. Let's mm. talk about the money. Yes. And so we had Alicia Barr up next and she is an absolute, she's just, I have so much respect for people who can distill messages so effectively mm. because I'm, a lot of times, I mean, you can even tell here, I'm like, you're mumbling. I'm like, oh, what do I say? What? How do I? Rawly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Is that a word? You it know, is now. Whereas, yeah. you know, Alicia, like she can just listen to someone for, you know, 10 minutes and then just be like, 
oh, this is your. Do you mean this? And yeah, like, this is your yes. thing. This is your brand, or this is what yes. you do. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. Yes. She's she's amazing. she's got she's definitely got a superpower there. So her whole black sheep methodology is all about if it's a fit, it's a fact, and there's no selling involved, which mm. is super refreshing mm. coming from a saleswoman herself, right? Yes. And so that's essentially what she spoke about, about how you actually figure out whether someone is a fit based on your messaging and your audience and et cetera, before you even have to have a call with them, before you even have to expend effort Mm. and energy on trying to convert the wrong person. Yes. I think, well, I loved, I did tell Alicia, I really enjoyed her presentation because she was so also, you know, I think we all have preconceived notions about salespeople. Mm-hmm. We have preconceived notions about sales presentations. And she just simplified it to basically just the almost like the 101 of communication that so many salespeople and sales methodologies miss and overcomplicate. And what I loved about what she said, which is a very, you know, black sheep sales is all about people who don't do it the traditional way because they're real humans. <laughs> you know, but one thing that she said that really stuck with me and I was like, oh, I wonder how we do this better with Capture because we don't have salespeople on the, people on the calls. We've got landing pages, we've got emails, et cetera. She said, are you repelling as much as you're attracting? Mm. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, gosh, again put it back in the box. Exactly. <laughs> right. So it goes back to if you're being frustrated with, you know, we talked about Jenny with bad leads or like, you know, people coming to you and not really understanding what you do or like not understanding your price point and all of these things. I think there's a level of accountability you have to take around the pre-sales method, sorry, pre-sales stage around, are we being really clear with our messaging about who this is not for as well? And I do struggle with that a little bit because I don't want to make any assumptions and this, that, and the other. It doesn't have to be in a negative way. I think Alicia's very clear about that, but it does have to be direct where people are like, that's definitely not me. And they're coming in very excited to try your product or service or you qualify them out because they're like, oh, okay, I see now. It's not going to be a fit. Mm. It's not a fact. Yeah. So I know that we can be sometimes with our messaging very you know, guilty of saying, well, you know, you could use it in this way and this way and that mm. way. And a confused mind says no. Yes. Oh, so good. Okay, cool. Well, we need to work on that. Again, another should. Look, yeah. <laughs> Let's watch the replays first. Yes. Okay. We're, yeah, we're watching the replays first. Wow. Okay. So she was, yeah, she was amazing. And she really set up, you know, real like honestly the, the next two speakers. So Sean Q, so, so much respect for Sean because he just has a really, he also has a really authentic way of coming, you know, coming across and selling. He is a sales strategist himself, a sales coach. A lot of people in the in the Capturing community might know him because he did do a mastermind last year with people, but he okay, he came on the Capturing's live stage and he talked about conversions, like actual yes. how we actually convert, not just on a in a sales conversation, but also on landing pages and and things like that. And his was really really powerful because mm. he had some really tangible, actionable things to get people doing the yes. the, the things. Yes, where everyone's like oh, but this is kind of scary to do. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think, yeah, and it's difficult to do as it well. It is, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just worth getting the replays for that exercise alone mm. because Sean actually made, like, it's on the slide. People yeah. went through it one step at a time. Yeah. Actually, he, he, I think, oh, aside from your closing, there were the only times of people putting pen to paper, like yes. dedicated time in the presentation. Yeah. So definitely grab the replay for that one. 
One thing, one key takeaway that I really loved about Sean's presentation was he almost went into a little bit more detail about, well, if you're like, okay, well, how do you actually define who that ideal person is for you? So he called it his dream client matrix. Now, Sean does obviously work with, you know, clients who are on the higher end, but this would work, I think, for right across the spectrum of, of pricing. But and, and Sean has a very, he comes from very, a place of like abundance and attraction, mm. you know. So his whole take on it was basically you should be charting joy against alignment. And really the clients or the people you want to work with are people who are high on the joy, give you a lot of joy to serve. Mm. And you're also really aligned in terms of values. And this was a real light bulb moment for me because I know that in this wanting to serve everyone, wait, no one's really kind of trying to serve people that you don't like serving and there's no alignment. But definitely I think we're all guilty of serving people who may be aligned and but don't give us the greatest joy. We're like, oh, that's our cash cow. I guess we should. (laughs) Or, you know, people who are aligned, sorry, uh, give us a lot of joy, but actually aren't aligned. And I know we've been on that path with Capture and that's really hard to let go of. But again, going back to focus, which was the the theme that you set for the event, Mm. we have to really focus on serving the people that we get a lot of joy out of serving and also are aligned. So that's, I think, something that you can draw up and kind of always remind yourself when you look at your messaging, when you're looking at everything that you're doing, are you truly being focused on the right type of client as well? Yeah. Oh, so powerful. Whew, okay, all right. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of move us along because then we had Joseph Joseph Giglietti, uh, who we I would have actually by the time this episode goes live, I would have just done our first event virtual event together, but it was actually what he spoke about was is really that strategy, the strategy of doing that virtual, the virtual event that I would have just done. <laughs> this is a bit of a mind. Yes, yes. Yeah. So in action. Yep. Yeah. So at the time of this recording, we're actually next week going to be doing the industry icons live event, virtual, virtual event. And this is the, this is the sales strategy, the monetization strategy that he hangs his hat on. And he's, and it is, it is actually really powerful because I know I've done variations of it, not Mm. to, you know, exactly to how he's done it. I've seen other people do this and it is incredibly effective. One of the, before you go into your nugget, I don't know, hopefully I'm not stealing yours, but one of the things that was a a huge eye opener for me was just like how simple the math gets to be, especially when, and he, what did he said that attention is the new currency, Mm -hmm. which is, wow, like, so, and it kind of like, again, talking about how amazingly choreographed this whole event was (laughs) by accident, somewhat by, a lot by design. It was by design. It was, a lot of it was by design, but like. I was so pleased when, you know, the, it was kind of like close the loop, right? Because we started with creating content and, you know, with Molly and Louise talking about how you gre- create great content and starting to get that attention, like mm. creating the basis of the attention. And then we talked about getting the attention. And now Joseph is like at the end of day two, closing that loop to be like that attention that we started with, that's actually how we monetize mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And his strategy around doing these virtual events is one of the most powerful ways to actually monetize that attention. Yes. Which was just beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's a symphony of it really was. <laughs> strategy. I know that makes your strategic brain very happy. Like, oh <laughs> Bubbling, what what did you Yeah, what did you get from Joseph's? Yeah, I exactly what you said, the simplicity of the math and math. Maths? Yeah, the so, simplicity oh, so, so of the maths. I had yeah. That also I, doesn't make sense, I think. So I know that Americans say math, Aussies say maths, 
Yes. So it's been hard to like. So would we say as Australians, because that's who we are, would we say do the maths? <laughs> we said, yeah, do the okay, maths. Do the maths. Okay. Yeah. So the simplicity of the maths. But it also that sounds, sounds weird. weird. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So let's just go the with. The simplicity of the. Math. M- mathematics. Right? <laughs> yeah. The simplicity of the math. Oh God, I'm American now. <laughs> Okay, so but really was and and I think what comes with that though there's like a there's like a relief when you're like oh it's so simple that's all we but then the the thing about that that's scary is that there's nowhere to hide mm. so it's really like there's three things that he talked about right the success of, of in terms of monetization it's the number of people that you can get to the event the conversion rate of those events and the price of your offer yeah and he talked about how the price and the conversion does have a ceiling mm. yeah I mean you know but somewhat of a ceiling but the number of attendees doesn't. That's yeah. the infinite infinite side of things. So for, for us, now we're going through this process right now. Just focusing on those three things, the calls are very simple. Mm. How many people signed up? How many people are you going to send it to? They're going to sign up. What's up? You know, and it's it's very repetitive and it's like, oh gosh, we're doing our best. You know, <laughs> come on. But then again, it's like, it's very focused. Like yes. It goes back to focus. And yeah. it's scary because you could otherwise be focusing on a ton of different things and distracting yourself and making That's you feel like you're making progress. Yeah. But it's like... At the end of it, we got this many signups, like yeah. attending, coming to attend. Okay, we got, that's what we have to focus on. That's exactly. what we have to focus on, just hammering that. And I found that difficult, but really, really liberating as well. Yeah. It it's was so simple. So, it was so good. He was, he was amazing. Oh my gosh. And obviously he, like he, there were a ton of things that he spoke about, but he actually also went into how to actually pitch, which. Oh yeah. It was like a mini masterclass. Like, yeah, oh, it was crazy. It yeah. was so good. I think it literally, it blew my mind for sure. I think it blew everyone's minds. Yeah. yeah so. That was amazing. And then we had the last speaker, which was Alex Sanfilippo. Alex. Yeah, we all we all know and love him, but I really actually wanted even when I birthed the brain birthed the thought of this event in my brain. <laughs> too many visuals. Too. Yeah. yeah, when you birthed the idea in your brain. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I actually said to Alex, I was like, I know that I want him to close the event out. Yeah. Because and he, he actually asked me, he was like, oh, why do you think I, he's like, I'm super honored. And most people just want me to speak about a particular strategy or tactic, but what made you decide to, and I was like, because I know how, I know how his approach is to his work, to his, to his community. Mm-hmm. And I know how he can hopefully kind of like a kind of like the dual thing of calm people down because it was a lot that yes. has happened, but also fire people up to get yeah. going. That's you know, a very specific skill set, right? Yeah. yeah, and that was kind of what I tasked him to do, and I, I, I what he did, did it beautifully. Yeah. Yes, he really did. So, Alex did cover a lot by way of he had a couple of really useful frameworks to help us think about. Yeah, to your point, how do we calm ourselves down to really be able to implement this this game, this content game that we've learned about in the best way possible and get people excited. And one, so there's this three-step thing that he spoke about. Again, you can watch the replay for all of it. But the second part of that was about protecting your energy. Mm-hmm. And again, I was so triggered because I was like, Bleh. I don't know what you're talking about, Alex. But he's so, and he's, and I fully trust and believe in him on this because he does it so well for himself. And that's how he's, one of the many reasons he's been able to be really successful. He's too humble to say it, but mm. for people that know him and see how he, he operates and runs his business, that I think is like the secret. Again, it, to me, I think it kept going back to, well, it's about focus. It's about focusing on quality. It's about having a strategy, working with implementation advisors. That was the theme of Capshavian's Live. And a big part of it is that you can try to do all of that stuff, but if you're not protecting your personal energy, 
and spreading yourself too thin and giving into old patterns and behaviors, it's not going to work. You could have the best implementation advisors, the best strategy, the most motivating event in the world. But if you don't learn how to do that, if you don't know how to do that or go back to doing that, if you do, then, you know, it's going to be a pointless. So I think he made a really good point of that and even had some good visuals to help sort of, you know, have that in your brain. Yeah. And I think a lot of people took, and th- I think post that, some people said, actually, you know what? I'm not going to do these other things that I was going to, I'm actually going to just go home and rest up and start implementing tomorrow. Yeah. We had some people in the audience and I said, you know what? That's great. You're yeah. really starting to break some entrepreneurial patterns here. Yes. And keep, and set yourself up to actually be successful in this next phase. Yes. Oh, so powerful. And that was it. That, that was, was it. That was it. I we got it's, a bit emotional. Yes, very emotional. Yeah, right. um, you definitely. Say, okay, if I was going to say we closed the event, but you had to bring up the emotion. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, and then yeah, we just everyone just went home very peacefully. No, no, I need to bring this up because it was emotional, because we put so much into the event, and I, <laughs> I, I not, none of it was planned, by the way. So none I of was. It. I was up there, like Alex kind of called me up and because I did a, a mini exercise just to like one thing to really close it out and solidify, solidify <laughs> the, the learning when you need and the feelings from the event with people. And then kind of when, when that was when that was over, I kind of called Ash and Bonner up as well. And I, I Which just, that was not pl- planned. That was not planned. Yeah. But I was like, I just genuinely wanted to thank, like, thank you. I'm, I'm looking at Bonner right now. Thank you. <laughs> because it was a lot. Like, oh, my gosh. It was our first event literally run everything, just the three of us. Three people. That was so stupid in the scheme. For an event. For yeah. a live event, like an in-person event at a hotel and everything. Like, I know. <laughs> so you've got a legitimate venue. Yeah. Right? It was, like food and stuff. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and like microphones. Run by three people. <laughs> Who have no experience in running live events? <laughs> exactly. Why are we so stupid? Honestly, we we need to check it ourselves. Was crazy, and yeah. I and but genuinely, like I could, or I knew how much we had helped everyone in that room. It yes. was just yes. because the speakers were amazing, the content was amazing. I mean, people were even saying the food was amazing. Yeah. Like to that, it was just, and there was a point when I think the. Was it your lap? Anyway, the clicker wasn't working. The oh. bottom was on them, literally sitting on the floor clicking the slides for the speaker. Like, it was insane. It was so insane. It was just crazy, right? And we just jumped in and just did it. Did it, yeah. And especially you. And so so thank you, first no, that's, of all, again. That's very kind. And but I did. I, we do need to mention, and maybe we'll put. Can we put something in the show notes? Can we? Can we put a, a photo, a gif, maybe <laughs> in the show notes of. Of Bonner's re- reaction. Okay, to well, all of first, that. yeah. Firstly, let me just preframe that by saying it was just relief leaving my body as soon as you closed and final exercise was done. We didn't need lights, microphones, anything doing its thing. It was literally just like relief was just managed to leave in t- in form of tears and yes. in a very ugly, not elegant way. There was no poignant sentiment. It was literally just relief, relief, relief. Yeah, yeah. it was. I mean, I pull, I, to be fair, I started it because I started crying as yes. I was like speaking, yes. thanking you and Ash. It's but, all um, your fault, yeah. It is my fault. And then I think you just were probably, <laughs> you started you were sympathy, it and I finished it. You, yeah. <laughs> you were sympathy. I think we finished the like, I, I want to say cry, but it was like sympathy sobbing. <laughs> yeah, heaving. <laughs> yeah. Ash had to push us off stage to be like, you guys are really, <laughs> collect yourselves. <laughs> Get yourselves together. 
Anyway, that that will all be in the replay. <laughs> you, know, you definitely don't miss I don't know out. about that last part. Yeah, I'm going to have to get into the cutting room floor myself, I think. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, wow. I can't believe. So we just recapped the, over the last couple of episodes, Capcho, the whole two days of Captain Live, which has actually brought back so much, even for me, mm. like emotionally and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just, I am just so... It still feels surreal and I don't yes. really quite have the words to describe it. But like even reliving all of that, I just feel so like pri- privileged. Is that the like grateful mm. to have been able to do something like that? Like yeah. how crazy was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And we're already getting questions about 2025. So people yeah. want to come back, which is like there's no higher testament. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, because we we put our f- feedback forms as anonymous to be like, be as critical as possible. It's completely anonymous and people were like, screw that. I want you to know that this is how I feel. And we've been writing us emails and oh, wow. and all of that. And it's just like, I really want you to know that you made this impact. I don't want to be anonymous. Yeah. So I think we just had really low expectations going in. But you're right. It's just there's so much gratitude in my heart. There's like, I guess... To be, to be able to be a part of that and to be able to do that and, and you know, kind of in a crazy, just the way that we do things, I guess, and do it in our authentic way, yeah. not in the way that other events are run maybe, but I really did think it made a big difference. And thank you for having the courage to even give birth to it yeah. um, and not ignore it because I know what you said when you first started it. You said, if I'm afraid to do something, it means that I should. And there were so many logical reasons to not do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so many. In fact, yeah. even... During, I was like, you know what? Maybe we, should we just call? Like, yeah, exactly. let's just call this off. Yeah. Right? Forget about day two, actually. Yeah. Forget about day one. You know what? Forget about all of it. Yeah, it's not too late. But yeah, so I think it was definitely one of the highlights of the year, and I'm sure yeah. will continue to be. Yeah, amazing. It's crazy. All right. Well, and then, well, I guess, and then VIPs and anyone who bought a VIP ticket, we went to Universal. That was oh, yes. how we ca- capped off day two. Yes, we had so much fun. Yes, it was actually. You know what I found? Like going on some of the rides. And just like screaming, screaming. yeah, <laughs> was so cathartic. Oh my gosh, it's such a great way to get <laughs> all of the stress and the, the tension, all the build up of everything out. Yeah, it was that's amazing. true, actually, because yeah. it's not an option to do in your hotel room. No, mm. no, yeah, no. <laughs> definitely <laughs> ill-advised. So yeah, so okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed the last two these two episodes of recapping Capshavian's Live. We will put the link to pre-purchase the replays. They're not quite ready yet. Our videographer's frantically working on them, but we will definitely send them out to anyone who's purchased. And yeah, I think we'll end it there. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Okay, cool. This is Deidre Shen. This is Bonarai. Stay Stay intelligently lazy. lazy.